What's up, guys? This is a podcast format that we haven't done in a long time. Yeah. The uh, last last time we did this one, this type of format, was when you were when you came to Yakima two summers ago. That was last summer. It was last summer? This past. Hmm. No. No, it was after Granite Creek. Or we did no, one. No. No. Hmm. Did we? Yeah, yeah. After we after we okay. won Granite Creek. Got it. That's right. And yeah. then we did the the other one before that was the summer before when yeah. you first came on board. Yeah. Yeah, that was. I like those formats, man. I think I think filming these things is is cool. Um, we were kind of talking that like some of the podcasts that are known for video, it's like you have a desire to watch what the other person's saying and kind of bounce their body language and their their energy off off of you know seeing it visually, yeah. right? So you have a little bit more context to the conversation. Yeah, especially just recently, you know, uh, the podcast that I've been jamming out on, it's, I mean, obviously the audio is nice and, you know, hearing the conversation, but yeah, just lately I've been wanting to, uh, especially new podcasts that I am unfamiliar with, mm-hmm. is to see who's talking. Yeah, I uh, So I can, you know, and I've got like, I guess this mental image in my head of like what they look like, especially mm-hmm. if it's a female. Yeah. <laughs> like, dang, you sound good. <laughs> oh shit, that's funny. Uh but um yeah, no, I, I think uh I, I'm excited for this. It's, you know, uh something we talked about before and not having revelations this year, but but um just uh really um taking advantage of the uh, video space because uh, a lot of our guys a lot of our uh, listeners have asked for more videos mm-hmm. in regards to podcasts so yeah. it's just i mean it is a ton of work right it's so these are separate. these are super easy because this is one right this is one edit and when these videos are um it's unfortunate because we're not co-located right yeah. so these videos if we were to shoot these in 4k for an hour and a half the amount of data that would be to be able to send back and forth to do the edits really tough. Yeah. So, um, we're working on it. I mean, we, I'm sure there's solutions out there that yeah. things are getting better, but I'm kind of limited in my internet because mm-hmm. I live out in the fucking country. Yeah. I think we make it work. We definitely make it work. Yeah. I Absolutely. mean, it's not perfect, but it's still, it's still out there. Yeah. And, and honestly, um, yeah, I've heard, I shouldn't say it for your podcast, but you know, um, <laughs> <Shitty or> <laughs> uh, what's up guys um if you guys are listening for the first time uh welcome to the modern day cyber podcast uh this is a podcast for uh, every type of long range shooter out there uh, even though it is you know modern day sniper uh, that's your uh, pretty much two hosts phil Vallejo here and um kalen uh, wojcik who are both the uh, co-founders of both this podcast and modern day sniper um, but you know what we found over the growth of our podcast is that uh, you guys that are listening in are pretty much uh, coming from all sorts of backgrounds mm-hmm. um, that really resonate with our message at, at modern day sniper so we definitely appreciate and this is like probably the hundredth different intro that we've done which is fine <laughs> i like it i, I uh, dig it it's different right yeah um because if you're not a if you're not evolving, you're dying. Right? For sure. Um, so, uh, welcome back. If you guys are listening for the first, uh, listening back, and if you guys are listening for the first time, welcome to uh, to the podcast. Yeah, this is it's a really it's a humbling thing. I mean, we've got we're coming up on 
a half a million downloads and our two year anniversary is yeah. I think January 22nd. I think it was our first episode. <clears throat> and you know, it's, it's cool to kind of, you creep up on that and you're like, okay, like this, that thing literally just started as, Hey, let's do a podcast. Let's have, uh, let's have a conversation on sniper stuff and more training oriented stuff. And really it was like, we just didn't want to hijack the, the space of yeah. another podcast. Yep. To talk about what we wanted to talk about, yeah. and this—that's how this whole thing came about. And now it is what it is, and it's—it's it's fucking badass. And we really appreciate all the support. And um, you know, as this thing, as as we grow, this podcast is going to continue to grow. And the thing is, is we want people to understand that this isn't like a—it's not just a podcast for PRS shooters, right? This is a podcast for all four archetypes of riflemen that we've, you know, kind of figured out as our four core competencies or core, um, well, archetypes. If you don't know what an archetype is, look up what an archetype is. Okay. It's, um, it's basically, uh, it's a certain fit, I guess, uh, of traits. And so we have professionals, which are military law enforcement, other government agencies, whatever you want to call them. Um, that utilize this stuff professionally, right? And they're carrying a rifle in the defense of the nation or the defense of the state. So that's that's important. And those guys have a very specific mission that like they have specific uh, requirements that need to be focused on that, you know, the necessarily the civilian shooter doesn't need to, right? different tactics and things like that. Shooting is shooting. It's just the tactic discussion and the employment discussion of how snipers are utilized. Yeah. It's like, like we're not here to, to tell you how to, uh, you know, how to employ your rifle in terms of like, you know, what you plan on doing with it. Mm -hmm. But the act of like, okay, once you make the mental decision that you are going to pull the trigger that's where we want to educate you in terms of trying to be the most uh, efficient precision rifleman that you can be, understanding the effects of what goes into that shot, mm -hmm. right? The practical uh, information behind it. And then ultimately understanding that um, you as the shooter have 100% control of that shot, yep. right? And, you know, I think... You were talking about earlier shifting the paradigm into, you know, not just like oh it's it's just as good or, um, uh, you know, I, I can get away with it type sure. attitude. Right. If I just hit like that was the thing with the qual course, right? It was yeah. like if you hit the fucking like right corner edge of that shit, a hit is a hit, right? Yeah. So, but in order for us to continue to improve and continue to get better and push those boundaries, a hit is not a hit unless it's center. Right. And, and that means that that center intentional center hit means that you've done the work. You've done the work on figuring out how to get that to happen and over and over and over yeah. again. And so that's not just good enough. Yeah. That's pushing the boundary. Yeah. And that's really what we're trying to instill in that professional community. Yeah. So, and then outside of the professionals, you know, the, the, the competitors, there's a lot of competitors here that, that want to do this competitively in this particular class. Um, and that's 
that's where you bring the best uh, aspect of teaching and training from your competitive shooting background. Yeah. yeah. That's like really where you sunk your teeth. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I think that's, I'm glad you, you uh, brought that up. Um, I'm a firm believer in what I've learned from the competition uh, circuit and having the uh, maturity and understanding to know what to take away and know what stays in the game, mm-hmm. right? Um, but for me, what I've found is that at the end of the day, um, what I like is getting outside of my comfort zone and playing by else, by someone else's rules and conditions, right? Because that's how the real world is. It's like, it's like no, I'm not on my time. I'm on in my time or my conditions. I'm on my target's time and mm-hmm. conditions when... The moment arises for me to take a shot that I that I need to make count, right? Exactly. And the best way to bridge that gap between your personal training um, and even uh, uh, courses is through, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say through courses because that's what we expose our students to, but I would say if you're not taking courses, the best way from your home range to through, how you train is through competition. Go compete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing is like a lot of times shooters just think about like that the competition aspect, they think like they have to be competitive or they have to sacrifice. Um, they have to quote unquote sacrifice, um, their, their tactics to play that game and incur training scars. And you know, who did a really good review on that was, um, uh, uh, he presented a really great argument for that was Mike Pannone. And, um, he's got that on his social media and I mean, I'm just going to paraphrase, but basically he said, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. That's a ridiculous way of thinking. Yeah. And it's absolutely true. And I'm just as guilty of it in the past as anyone else. And you know, it's, you recognize that like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That was, that was pretty stupid. That was pretty pig headed to think that way. And you're negating the benefits of it. And, and unfortunately, that mentality is still alive and well in um, a lot of areas that we'd like it not to be. Yeah. Um, and you're literally, you know, you're literally robbing yourself of really valuable experience by just having that chip on your shoulder. Yeah. And that super sucks. And that's a mentality that has to change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, we haven't even told these guys where we're at. No, it's then yeah. I think that's completely fine. Yeah. I mean... It's we're at Altus. Yeah, <laughs> we're at Altus. So um, we're down here in Baker, Florida, uh, at the uh, I would say legendary Altus uh, uh, Shooting Solutions. If you guys are unfamiliar with Altus, you guys have been living under a rock. It's pretty badass um, place. But uh, dude, we got a phone call from them last year. It was like I think the summertime, mm-hmm. and uh, they're like, "Hey, we'd love you to." Um, you know, host some matches, or sorry, not host some matches, host some precision rifle courses down here, and mm-hmm. uh, we all jumped on the call, and, you know, we, we figured our, our uh, not only do our brands align, um, but uh, our um, philosophy and, you know, the understanding of, like, chasing excellence mm-hmm. uh, aligns, and uh, it's been, it's been, Really great to work with these guys, and not only that, just seeing the facility for the first time. I mean, because I've seen a lot of my peers in the competitive space come and shoot here, take video, take pictures, videos, and I'm like, man, it'd be cool to shoot there one day. And now I'm finally here. Yeah, this, uh, 
you want to talk about chasing excellence. I mean, it's literally pisses excellence. Yeah. You know, just looking at the, yeah. just the quality and the, the attention to detail and like, um, trying to, they're doing everything they can to make, uh, make use of the assets they have on mm. the property. Yep. And they're doing it in a really creative way, which is awesome. And all of the props and all of the different, um, objects to shoot from and, and, and the towers and the, the container houses, it's just awesome. It's a great place. And it's like a playground for precision rifle shooters. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they host a variety of military training down here, talking, mm -hmm. to, uh, talking to the owners. Mm -hmm. um, what I like about it is, is, is that it's not just dedicated to long-range shooters, right? You've got a mix of everything, carbine, pistol, mm -hmm. and then, you know, if that military group wants to explore into you know long range stuff even with their m4s they can because they have the facility and the and the ranges to be able to do that um so that's that's super cool uh, so today we did uh our uh, intro to precision rifle mm -hmm. which is formerly known as our pure 101 yep. and we talked about this before in our podcast like we had a naming convention change right because you know when you look up when a newer shooter looks up training courses, they're not looking at, they're not typing in Google PR101, nearest PR101 right. n near me, right? So a lot of times, a lot of people have been asking about our naming, like, you guys change the names of your courses. It's like, well, yeah, that's the reason why, so that people can find the courses a little bit easier, mm -hmm. right? So uh, Intro to Precision Rifle, which is our four-day class. Uh, today was day one. We got 14 students, um, and uh, dude, been been great this is a good group of shooters i mean looking at looking at all the performance um it's it's all really really perfectly i guess put in place you know the the fundamentals are there little tweaks here and there um you know largely largely good group of shooters that um that i think it's going to be really cool to see the progression like we talked to the students today about, it's like, hey, it's going to be really rad to see the progression by like what time you hit day three of doing this. Um, you know, you're not distracted with anything else other than just shooting. Yeah. Um, w with purpose, purpose built drills in place, but like you're, the learning curve's pretty steep. Yeah. Right. And so anytime you're totally immersed in something for three or four days, you're going to have a steep learning curve. And, um, it's going to be cool to see the progression. So something that I definitely want to talk about during this podcast is something we brought it up today, uh, and like in the kind of like the introductions and briefings is, um, proprietary information or mm. whatever. Cause one thing I did notice during the introductions is there was, there are a lot of other instructors here, mm -hmm. uh, that were open about the fact that there are instructors and that they're here because they have a basic understanding of, of long range shooting and the basic foundation. But what they wanted to get out of this course is different ways to be able to articulate as instructors to their students mm -hmm. and take back. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Um, and, and what is the dogma that you've seen with other instructors that you've, cause you've been in this industry a lot longer than I have. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on that? It's, that's subject? interesting. Um, because, that was really my introduction into uh, doing this full time was, um, you know, a snarly comment from somebody making the statement or trying to assert themselves and say, 
you know, you better not be teaching my stuff. And then it's just, it's more along the lines of saying, okay, like, let's break that down and figure out, like, what is your stuff? What does that even mean? Um, shooting is shooting. And teaching people how to shoot, um, like, the foundational principles of marksmanship, that's not proprietary for anybody, right? That's just an evolution, a gradual evolution of concepts as um, humans have figured out how to be more proficient with these things. These weapons, like we talked about in class, these weapons have been around since the 1500s. So at some point in time, you know, people had to learn how to, how to employ these things and, and hit what they were aiming at. So these things that we talk about in teaching people how to shoot are just the topics that I think the way that the information is delivered is really, I guess, the quote-unquote proprietary nature. But we go to different teachers because they have a different way of explaining things. And so it's like, it's like all the physicists in the world, right? All the physicists in the world, they're all physicists, right? They're all doing the same shit not all the same shit, but um, it's like they all learned that from their core concepts of physics. You know, maybe there's a, a professor that has, you know, peer reviews out there that are documented, but that all has to be quoted anyways, or else it's, you know, plagiarism. Yeah. So that's the other thing that, like, if you take verbatim what another teacher is saying, like, um, I guess in their method of describing things, then yeah, that kind of, then it's like, okay, well, if you're teaching, right, if you're out there teaching, um, you, I kind of feel like you should be coming up with your own way of, of being a teacher, like mm -hmm. not just a regurgitation of what somebody else behind you said. Yeah. You should be peeling all of the, that shit apart and figuring out, okay, like where did all this come from? Where did that thought process come from? Why does this person think that way? And do I find the same, you know, uh, the same theories behind it? If I do, great. Let's figure out how I would explain that to somebody, yep. right? So that's, I think, where it gets a little weird like if you're taking something verbatim from somebody and saying, hey, I didn't, I learned this from this person. Yeah. Um, which is, it's, that's not ego. That's like, that's plagiarism, yeah. you know? And so it's like somebody put the work into figuring that shit out. Yeah. And so you got to kind of give credit where credit's due. Yeah. Um, but you can't go around saying, this is my stuff, you yeah. know? Like it doesn't work that way. Now, if we're talking about like, um, I don't know that that whole patent thing is is uh, like that's a sham in and of itself. I mean, it does help people. It does protect certain things, and it's really just as good as you can write it to yeah. protect it. Um, and so, that's a touchy subject. You know, yeah. it's a really touchy subject. Everybody should have the right to protect their intellectual property yeah. and say, "Hey, man, like I did the work and I figured this shit out." Um, but sometimes the system isn't always set up yep. to, to make that happen. Yeah. You know, and this is why I would say um, we have been very hesitant on pushing out handouts. Um, you know, a, a clear case from what I remember uh, with some instructors or some people that 
that I've seen get out of the Marine Corps and, you know, just pictures floating online or whatever. Uh, I see them, like, teaching. Like, they're, you know, they're, they're up in front of, a, like, a TV screen. And a, the, there's the PowerPoint slide or whatever. And it's literally like a... I mean, I've, I've recognized that slide. Mm -hmm. And all they did was change <clears throat> the background to it and maybe right. the font. <laughs> right? right? And it's like, enough. dude, you literally just took that slide that someone created you know, back in like the early 2000s, right? Right. And so what that tells me is that, yeah, you're, you're knowledgeable and you're an instructor, but at the same time, you're lazy, right? Mm -hmm. You're, sure. you're, you're that's not. That's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about is yeah. laziness. Yeah. It's just like, no, 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 yeah. man, come on. Like, yeah. you're, you're kind of obligated yeah. to the people that are paying you yeah. a tremendous amount of yeah. money. Yeah to learn this skill from you're kind of obligated to make sure that you're being honest yeah. you know so um I, I hear you it's and because and the reason we brought that up and the reason that i mentioned that was was like one of the students stood up and and they said well you know i'm not here to to like take your stuff and that's when i was like i i, I stopped before we did the next intro and i was like hey man just understand nothing here that you're going to be taught is proprietary information yeah I, I had this conversation with um, with my skydiving buddies, and uh, my buddy Josh, he's been a skydiving instructor for a really, really long time, um, been around the military skydiving community for uh, as a teacher for a long time, and he was just like, I'm do, I do this because I, ex and I want my students to become better, more safer skydivers than even myself. That's the hallmark, in my personal opinion, of a teacher that is in the space. Granted, no, nobody can truly have 100% pure intentions, right? Unbiased intentions. There's always some sort of a drive that comes from within our, from ourselves, which is the ego. And that's not a dangerous thing. That's what keeps us going every day. But like, that teacher has to have that drive to go looking for those things, yep. right? And um, just a simple regurgitation ain't, ain't gonna cut it. Yeah, like you have to be better than that. You know, I, I think I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to say this as open minded as possible, uh, but there's a there's a lot of shooters out there that do take instruction, and I mean it's. They have no basis to go off of, right? In terms of like, you know, what a good course looks like or what a good instructor looks like, right? Especially if it's a first class and they mm -hmm. receive an, an overwhelming amount of information. Right. Um, and, and that's why, uh, you know, we definitely appreciate, you know, students that come through our course and, you know, they give us praise and stuff like that. But we also challenge them to go seek other instruction to see how um, other instructors that are, you know, competent and, you know, are, uh, uh, as we recommend, mm -hmm. just to see how they deliver uh, their information. Yeah. Right. And, and uh, again, like you said, there's no proprietary information, but there's just a certain amount of instructors that we all kind of talk together. And we're all on the same page, literally, you know, be between having conversations on podcasts, listening to their podcasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, following them on social media and seeing the content they push out in regards to certain philosophies and, and fundamentals. It's the stuff that you and I stand behind, right? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, and then there's there's some others that it's like, you know, like, uh, why are you teaching that? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, it's like that was you know taught back in shit when I went to school, but it's not it's not even used today, mm-hmm. right? You're just the way I look at it is like you're just you're selling fluff. Yep. And that's, I mean, that happens, man. It, it happens. And humans are going to be humans. And, and everybody has the freedom to go do whatever the fuck they want to yeah. do. And, that's, and that is literally the beauty of where we live, the country that we live in. And, and granted, the system is definitely not fair. Yeah. Okay? It's definitely not fair. Um, and you got to know how to play the game when it comes to the the system, right? So, but everybody should have the freedom to go pursue what it is they want to pursue Great. and you let everybody else sort it the fuck out. Yeah. Like, you go, okay, well, if they're truly passionate about yeah. what they're doing and they're truly, like, sunk <clears throat> into it and they want to make a difference, they will flourish. Yeah. Right? They will have a, they will have a message that people want to listen to and they will flourish. And I want that for people. I want that for everybody that has the fucking nutsack to go out on their own and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give this a shot. Sweet, man. Like that's the beauty of what, of who we are as Americans. You know, last year at rifles only, we were with uh, Larry and his unit. Um, saw some training and Larry was really trying to figure out like, I mean, what, not what we were about, but like, like because he was so new to and so green to the space of you know, long range like shooting. This is and, a thing. Yeah, this is the thing. Like to, to be able to mm-hmm. be a full time instructor, and I remember him asking you, like who who your who our competition was in regards to like, like other instructors, mm-hmm. and you. I mean, you literally like without skipping a beat, said no one. It and. Lately, what I've been thinking about in regards to that is that not that it's like we feel like we're the best. Nope. It's the only person that the only people that we're competing against is ourselves and who we who modern day sniper was last year. Exactly. Right. Who it was yesterday. Who it was yesterday. Yeah. Right. Um, that's that's our that's literally that I've been thinking about that like our only competition in regards to the long range space of instruction is the modern day sniper yesterday. Yep. And that honestly that's uh that's some that's a mindset thing that that could be could come across as arrogant to some people, um egotistical, but there is and if we break that down and we just look at it it's not that way and the reason that I say that is there's only one of you, mm-hmm. right? And there's only one of me. And the people that they, they wish to have that experience. Like that's why people go, that's why we go see concerts, right? We want to have that experience from that fucking performer because like Joe Rogan, as an example, I, I think he's fucking hysterical, right? So I want to go experience a Joe Rogan show in real fucking time. So I'm going to go pay for a Joe Rogan show and I'm going to drive my happy ass to where he is. And I'm going to watch the show and I'm going to laugh my ass off and we're going to have a great time. And I'm going to be like, you know what? He's a funny motherfucker. Good for him, man. This is a giant packed stadium. 
So is every comedian going to get to the point of Joe Rogan? No. That's just the way it works, right? So he has passion. He has drive. He has the ability to, to communicate with his audience. And that's why people come train with us. They want to experience that personality. Um, and it's the same thing why people go train with Frank. People want to go hang out and, and see who Frank is. I want to take a class with Frank. Right? So yeah. that's why we go take classes with different people. Yeah. Like their skills are there. But we also go to look for the person that's going to deliver instruction that we resonate with. Yeah. And we're like, yo, okay, when you connect with, when you connect with a teacher, like that's an important thing. Um, and I remember that distinctly when I was learning how to fly airplanes. Yeah. Because I had a lot of different flight instructors. And my first flight instructor that kind of got me, I don't know, like, I don't know, 20 hours or so into my private pilot's license, he was a, an Alaska bush pilot. And as an Alaska bush pilot, he has the practical experience of flying an airplane in the way that I felt like I would most likely fly an airplane. And so with with Brian, I really resonated with his instruction. He was, he was older, like insanely experienced, 12,000 plus hours, and this was in like 2007. Um, and so I really resonated with him. And then I had a couple other ins instructors that it was just kind of like, it was difficult to learn from them because some of the stuff, and like especially in your instrument rating, things get really technical and there's a lot of, there's a lot of land navigation. It's all navigation with instruments, right? So, but it's a little different with with uh, aerial navigation. Yeah. Um, so, having a bunch of different teachers and then being a teacher at that point in time, I was kind of a part time teacher. So, I would look at how instruction was given, and I would kind of be like, "Okay, yeah. cool," or "Fucking that was dope," like. Can you say that again and let me record it? Yeah. And so we have we. That's why we go to these different teachers, um, or you know, you go to a facility where the facility is what it is, and like you want to go learn how to shoot in the fucking mountains, then go hang out with the dudes at Hat Creek, because yeah. they're gonna they live there and yeah. they shoot in those mountains, yeah. and they're gonna teach you what they know, and you're gonna have that experience. So, I mean, the whole bogarting thing and like, like that's all. Stupid shit, man. One ear, one like <laughs> I had it, happened? I had it, I wanted to grab it, and then it just went out uh, the, shit. the door. I hate when that happens. Uh, no, <clears throat> one thing that I enjoy, and you guys hear me say this a lot on the podcast, uh, I say this a lot to my students, is uh, my hobby or my passion is teaching. My hobby is shooting, and I just happen to teach my hobby. Which to people is insane. Um, it's pretty crazy. You know, I, I love the light bulbs. And, you know, I've, you know, taken people out to the range that are just getting into new shooting, right, that I've met or whatever. Like, I just literally just hit instructor mode and right? don't even yeah. don't even don't even charge them a dime right and they they realize that like and, and for me the way i looked at it it's like it's like going back to like reading atomic habits really it's like it's like in order to 
you know, be better at what you want to identify as. Like, you just have to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And then I don't look at it as an opportunity to refine my craft. Well, I, I, I guess I do because, you know, especially when it's like someone that's brand new into long range shooting, they give me inside of like, okay, I said, this is how I typically say it. So I'm going to say it and I'm going to see how it sits with them. Because now yeah. I'm just focusing on one person, not 12 other pe people. Yeah. yeah. And I can see immediately if it goes over their head. Right. You can see the connection. Exactly. You can right? totally see Versus it. Versus when you're in a big class, it's like, it's like, I'll say it. And then maybe I'll catch an eyeglass or two. Yeah, but if you're quick, you can be like, that dude, that dude, that dude. Okay, so they, okay, every, most everybody got it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but having that like one-on-one -on -one is nice to be able to be like, okay, the way I said that just went straight over their head. So I'm going to try to say it this way, yep. right? Mm -hmm. um, and that is what allows me to continue to refine my delivery when it comes to like in-person classes. Because now I realize, okay, Hey, this person that was super green, like they learned it this way and the way I said it specific, you know, maybe to them, right? But let's see if it works for also the general general masses. Yeah. Right. Yep. So And a lot of times it will. Um I mean, if you like <coughs> we go back to saying, okay, if you can't explain this concept to a child, you don't know it well enough. Yeah. So I, and I completely agree with that because I often bounce, I often bounce concepts off of Cass. Um, she's not a shooter and she has a general understanding of what we do. But if I was trying to explain something to her with regard to like external ballistics, I would want to, I would want to explain it to her and see if she looks at me like I'm like, I'm a fucking idiot. Right. And see if my, if my method of teaching is, is getting through and, She'll either look at me and say, you know, yeah, no, I don't. Mm -mm. Or she's like, oh, yeah, okay, I get that. And then we can figure out how to adjust the delivery based upon talking to somebody that has no fucking clue what you're talking about. Yeah. Like Luke, little Luke, you know, he's, uh, for a while there, he was super interested in, and we would have like table side at the dinner table talking about external ballistics. He'd be like, can I get another external ballistics lesson, Dad? <coughs> I'm like... Sure, dude. So let's talk about what ballistic coefficient is. And I would do my best to break it down to, at that point in time, he was like 10, 9 or 10. And so with a fucking napkin and a goddamn crayon, we're mapping this out and we're like, okay, this is gravity and this is what happens to this. And then just like we throw a baseball, it slows down and falls to the earth. And trying to solidify these concepts at the most core level to a nine-year-old. Right. So that's like trying to refine our ability to, to talk to people because that's really all we're doing is we're just talking to people. Yeah. And I think the difference is, you know, when, when you see like when you see a, a, a guy that is um, like pretty belt fed and I was super belt fed when I first started teaching. I think it's, it's absolutely a part of it's a part of our growth beyond the, the military aspect yeah. of what taught us how to teach this stuff. Yeah. Because there is a certain aspect of being fucking knife hand belt fed with it. And that I think eventually gr you grow out of that with time. Yeah. And there's some people that, that don't have that mentality at all. Um, and even the laid back dudes, like I look at, I look at like Cody fucking love Cody. Right. 
the most laid back fucking rad dude ever. I would have loved to have that dude as a platoon commander. Um, every one of you motherfuckers that have ever had Cody as your platoon commander are lucky as shit. Um, but I can even detect Marine in him. Even so- It's soft, but it's like I can detect it. You, know, you can be like, ah, yeah, that dude. He, he was a podium instructor for a while. So eventually we grow out of that. And eventually our delivery changes from a dictation to a conversation. <laughs> and I think um, this is a, I mean, like coaching. Like what makes a good coach? And, and what, what makes that... Um, what do you think makes a good coach? I mean, what do you think? Uh, it's funny. I, I read a I read a book about kind of a book about this. It's called The Art of Coaching. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I've read, I've switched. It's a good one. I switched coaching for instructor. I was instructor at the time, and the very first thing that the book talks about is having buy in, right, with mm-hmm. your um, with your students or with your uh, your athlete. Right, mm-hmm. and what is buy-in? Right, is is knowing that that uh, that athlete or that student can trust you based off of the understanding that you are seeing him as another human. Right, exactly. N- not, not just a fucking number. Not just a number. Not mm-hmm. just a specimen or whatever the case may be. Like, like understanding that you're a human. In that, like, there are certain psychological you know, things that, you know, For sure. you're going to deal with, right? Mm-hmm. And being able to work with you, right, and, and communicate with you effectively uh, while navigating, you know, that relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, I know you're going to have shitty days. Uh, I know you're going to have maybe, uh, you know, financial or marital problems, mm-hmm. right, that right. I would want you to be open with, you know. And I'm not saying our, our, our uh, you know, our students have to do that by any means, but... Like I want to, I want to be able to be presentable enough in the case that, man, that shit's really weighing their their mind. Maybe after like the second or third time, not even like if they if they feel like they could open up to you and I about whatever is going on at home. I want to be able to provide that for them. Well, it's, yeah, that's that's like <coughs> holding space for them. Yeah, yeah, and understanding that, um, you know, and I think this this applies more to like a. <coughs> like a, a long-term mentorship student yeah. that, that has a, a long-term goal in place that they're trying to achieve. Yeah. And, and we have those people. Yeah. We, we truly have those people that reach out to us and say, I would love to fucking, I would love to learn from you. And so that's our mentorship program. Yeah. And it's actually, it's actually pretty busy, right? So I'm glad for that because you're, like you said, you're able to connect with that person and like really get to know them as a human being and figure out how, how they, what, what makes them tick, what switches, you know, what flips the switch, right? What verbiage or what approach flips the switch um, and what training methods uh, flip the switch, which I think is really, really fun. Um, And it's just completely bizarre to me that, that like, that this is how we make our living. Yeah. Like it really is. It's yeah. really bizarre. And you do talk to coaches, like super high end coaches in the business world um, and the personal development world. Um, that's a major industry. Yeah. It's a huge industry that a lot of people don't know really exists. Yeah. And then when you figure out that it exists and then you look at the, what people are charging for that stuff, it's like, whoa, okay, this is a whole 
a whole new world that I yeah. didn't even know existed. Yeah. Coaching. Coaching. I remember sending you that podcast and at the, at the end of that podcast, I was like, man, that's crazy for, I think it's a, like one of the coaches he was talking about. like 10000 a month. 10000 a month. Yeah. Crazy. And it's only like two hours that that they were able to like really connect, right? Check-ins, between check-ins mm-hmm. and like, you know, maybe like a 30-minute like monthly, like, hey, this is what I want you to work on. Yeah, that's on a different level. That's man. crazy. It's a different level. <laughs> Um, but there, but that's what, I guess that puts, I guess that puts things into perspective, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, um, that's part of why I enjoy doing what I do is, is the, is the connection that we make with the people that we meet. So let me ask you, it's funny because this podcast went in a completely different direction than, than, uh, we anticipated. (laughs) So everyone that is watching this like. They haven't done anything with that video yet. It's just an altered sign. <laughs> um, but no, I, but I, before if before we switch subjects, if we ever do, because I think this is a very interesting conversation, um, is oh, god damn it, fucking just lost it again. Uh, we're talking about coaching. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, uh, so I would say you and I are, are coaches, right? To mm-hmm. to to. Um, a certain extent with our platform of modern day riflemen and modern day sniper. And I, I see it all the time with, uh, our community members, you know, putting like, Hey coach or whatever, uh, which I definitely appreciate. So th- thanks guys. I, I, I guess I would never, th- I never thought of it like that, like that. Um, but as a coach, right. We, who now coaches us? Sure. Great right? question. Right. Like who, who are our coaches? Um, and what does that that look like? And, and, that's why, and that's what I've been actually like the accountability partner. Yeah, yeah accountability partner, and then just like recently, like listening to a lot of um, just personal development books, right? Mm-hmm. And then those podcasts. Uh, the last, like, I've been really thinking about that. Like, I, it's important I th- taking it's, on a coach. It's really important to have a mentor in life, dude. Yeah, I, I really think that that's super important. And I was fortunate enough as a as a young kid to have a mentor that you know, took me under his wing, uh, albeit in the method that he knew now, right? As a, I mean, he was probably like 24, 25 at the time. And so that was a very, very important time in my life in terms of learning things mm-hmm. and having um, the ability to learn the things that I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn how to hunt and fish. Yeah. Like that was, that was super important to mm-hmm. me. That was literally like a part of who I was. And so... Having that that mentor um, was really important, and I think as we get older yeah. and have more life, more experiences in life, we um, having a mentor to be able to somebody that we respect, yep. right? That we look up to, that we totally that that we take their opinion to heart. Yeah. Like that's important to have. Do you think there's a difference between a mentor and a coach? For sure, yeah. yeah. I think a mentor, I think there's a different, I think there's levels, right? Yep. So, yep. Um, you know, a coach can, a coach, uh, I don't know how personal people get with their coaches, mm-hmm. right? But like a mentor, I mean, a mentor is like, in my personal opinion, is like a really, really close friend. <clears throat> a really, really close friend that that has a little bit more life experience than you do. And, um, that you just respect for their way of thinking and, um, 
their perspective on on topics mm. that that who knows they might even be they might even be contrary to yours. Yeah. And that's the beauty of being able to look and have different perspective. I think like diving into that like the difference in my head a difference between a coach and a mentor but it's like a mentor knows not only hits those boxes of like you know being a little bit more probably older or just more um uh wiser in specific areas sure. right um but i feel like that mentor to his mentee is always going to like <clears throat> not sugarcoat shit but like kind of almost 80 percent of the time like tell them what they need to hear mm-hmm. uh, uh, no i was gonna say want to hear sure right where a coach is gonna be like like Straight up, like, no, you're fucked up. <laughs> you need to fix that. You shit. need to fix that shit, right? And and this is how you fix that right. shit, right? Like, be just brutally honest, right? Right? Not not because it's being, you know, like try to be an asshole. No, but it depends on but, the delivery. Yeah, yeah. It depends yeah. on it depends on the situation yeah. and what delivery that you yeah. need to get that point across. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, or, and then understanding certain like triggers, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I've been fucking. We've been talking about triggers the last couple of days, like sure. seeing certain things, and like now asking myself, like, why does that fucking piss me off? Whoa, right? dude, this 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 did take a turn, right? <clears throat> right? Yeah. It's like it's like if I see something, I used to be just fucking mad, mm-hmm. but now I see something and then I get mad, and and then I ask myself, why the fuck did I just get mad? Sure, and it's a vicious, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, it's a totally vicious cycle, and and the fact that um, <clears throat> this is a really interesting topic, and this is um, like I don't want to drift too far into using vocabulary that I've learned that I truly don't know the meaning for yet. Yeah. Like that's dangerous territory, and I don't want to ever be that presumptuous. Um, but learning more about these aspects of myself. Um, it's literally changed the way that I look at everything. And once we understand that we truly do have a choice, we have a choice and we have a choice to be able to say, okay, now that this has been brought into my awareness that I fucking do these things, right? Um, and I'm aware of it, then once we're aware of something, we can't, you can't turn your back on it. If, even if you once you're aware, it's like once you're nope. aware, you cannot be unaware. Nope. Right. Yeah. Nope. Because it's always going to be there fucking poking you in the yeah. eye going, hey, motherfucker, I am right here. You know I exist. You need to address this. Yeah. And it's, I think it's, um, I think it's a vital part of, of our, of our development as humans. Yeah. I really do. Um, because not everybody has a chance to learn these, these things uh, at a young age when, when that part of development is like super crucial. And so, yeah, like why, why does that piss you off? Why does seeing something piss you off? Why do people, why do I react to comments in, in whatever ways that I, that I react to comments? And the thing is, is that <coughs> no, not very many people are, are talking about these things because it's, you have to have a certain level of vulnerability to, to, to say, yeah, I fucking know that I do that. And yeah. I know I'm an asshole sometimes. Yeah. And so you have to ask yourself, okay, but if I'm being a consistent asshole about something, then I got to figure out why that is. Yeah. Because if we don't, then we like slip into this, 
this abyss of pessimism and cynicism and we just like it just is not cool right so well, I don't want to do that yeah. I would rather learn to to uh, be aware of those things figure out why that trips my switch so bad um, and then to be able to control the reaction to yeah. it that's where the power comes from yeah. being able to control the reaction from it and it's not a process that's easy. It's not a process that um, I don't think is for the, 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 the faint of heart because you got to look at yourself in ways that you really don't want to look in your, look at yourself. And that's scary for, for pretty much the majority of, of, of humankind, yeah. right? Because there's this thing, the ego, that's going, no, 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 we're not, we don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Like that's, that shit is dangerous. We don't want to talk about that. I need to show up like this yep. to make sure that that shit is not brought to the surface. Yep. And it's a, it's a, it's really cool to like dig into that stuff yep. and figure it out. Whoa. Whoa. Sorry guys. Good. No, I mean, no, that was, that was, this is real talk. Yeah. 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 This, this is, this real is having a conversation. This is having yeah, a conversation. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. isn't a fucking like I'm structured. Fucking, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. No, this is like a yeah. good, this is a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That we normally have. We normally have. We normally well, have well so, so some of the podcasts, again, some of the podcasts that, that I have listened to recently, we were talking about it, some that, I'm no, that I normally not listen to, right? Hit their conversations would flow the same exact way. Yeah. Right? It, it's like they would just not go down a rabbit hole, but just, you know, start talking about uh, certain things, right? It's one right. conversation led to another. Um, and I thought it was great, right? Because it, you know, it, it, it had me truly engaged uh, and, and, and asked me to think about certain, and, and this is why I feel like, you know, um, we, uh, like to separate ourselves from the rest of the market is understanding the, uh, mindfulness behind the rifle. As, this as is, like, this is mindfulness, this behind, is mindfulness the behind the rifle. This is what this right? is all about. And, uh, we were talking to the guys that were from Miami today, you know, um, and you know they're like, well, do you see shooting um, other than like competition, you know, hunting and sniping? Like, what else do you see it for? And I was like, it's therapy, bro. It's therapy, like, man. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, when you connect to that gun, like, what is the only thing that you're thinking about? Mm-hmm. Shooting at that point. Yep. So exactly, I was like, you're not thinking about your bills. You're not thinking about yep. baby mama drama, mm-hmm. your ex girlfriend that just texted you, whatever the case might be, freaking yep. Jody. Like, you're just thinking about, like, hey, am I driving this gun? Am I applying the correct fundamentals of marksmanship to be right. able to put this tiny little bullet in time and space on my target with the correct elevation and the correct mm-hmm. wind clock? Yeah. And that, and it's and a, a, <coughs> the reason that that is kind of like a, it's a drug. Right? It's it a is. a drug. Because yeah. um, it, literally in your brain, chemicals dropped into your bloodstream and you feel this, this rush from dopamine as an example right we get that when we when we read some fucking stupid post or how many likes we have on something we get that little drip and it's just like a little it's like drinking a bang you know in the afternoon we're like oh okay that was fucking cool let's have some more of that shit yeah and and your ego is just going oh yeah motherfucker keep it coming keep it coming and that's dangerous it's really really fucking dangerous because very quickly i think it um it's a, it's not a cool thing. Like it's kind of becoming to a point where it's just like, oh man, the tension like right now is 
I think, super high in, in every aspect. Yeah. You go out into the, I call it, we like, all right, man, I'm leaving. I'm going into the matrix, right? So, so even at the airport, like people almost getting into fistfights, like literally right next to me. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on right now? Everybody is pissed off. Nobody wants to talk to anybody. Nobody can see anybody's fucking reactions. Yeah. Nobody can read body language. And it's, it's, I think with the, you know, social media getting to the point where it's like, it's almost, it's like toxic. It's like literally toxic. I can't get on it anymore. It's really, really tough. People are just fucking assholes to yeah. each other. And it's unfortunate because everybody wants to fucking wave the hammer and, and smash things and, and drive their opinion home and make sure that that word gets heard. And it becomes this, this, this like feverant fucking maelstrom of chaos. And you see that now out and about. It's really kind of crazy. And, you know, being able to, to have something like shooting to disconnect from that and do something that keeps you in the present moment, which is just focusing on your <clears throat> reticle, focus on the reticle, read that mirage, figure out what that wind's doing, go through those steps in your brain, go through the process, send the bullet out there, and then reap the rewards of the effort that you're just putting into yeah. motion. And that's what long-range shooting is all about. Yeah. Uh, since you were talking about travel, uh, one of the things I did want to like make a post about, uh, whether it be on my IG story or um, my feed, was... Uh, the positive energy we talked about. Mm -hmm. like, oh, man. It's like, all right, Huge. so, again, going into the Matrix, man, like, <sighs> you and I both know, well, especially me, like, traveling to the holiday seasons, there's there's chances of some... It's gonna some be fucked up. ...fuckery, right? Yeah. Not only that, I'm like, I mean, I think, did you catch three flights? No, uh, two. Oh, so you only had one layover. Yeah, I only had one layover. Okay, so I had Dallas. two. I had... Uh, Cody to Denver, Denver to Dallas. Houston. Oh, Houston, that's right. Houston to Pensacola. Mm -hmm. And so none of my flight got delayed because of weather. It was all uh, because of United. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Um, so um, I got, I, I was originally delayed in Cody for about 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, the second flight was being delayed, right? It was almost like a domino effect. Yeah, right? that's so what like, happens when those regionals. Yeah, they so, cut them pretty close nowadays. Too. Yeah, so Cody was delayed. I was, I was like, all right, well, my second flight's delayed anyway, so I'm still gonna make it. I'm fine, right? Got to Denver. It was took me forever to get out of Denver to get to Houston, but then at that point, um, I had I I'd landed and like I was just like in my head, I was like. My blood was boiling, right? <laughs> right? But then I was like, I was like, dude, I was like, there's like, the last thing that you should probably do is be an asshole to someone that has no control over what just happened. Exactly. Right? So, obviously I need to get on the phone because I'm obviously worried about my bags um, and I need to figure out a flight option for the next day. So I knew that the best way to negotiate this was to just be fucking kind and just be like, hey, like it, it is what it is. It happens, you know. Like we're all fucking safe, right. you know. And dude, I not only did I have uh, 
like obviously good interactions with customer service with United, you mm-hmm. know, being nice to them and talking to them. But I had a very productive day yeah. in terms of like getting work done because I wasn't like sitting in this negative energy of like fucking United made me fucking miss all these flights. Now I'm stuck in Houston, right? Because I've I've been and in that situation. On I stew on it, and now I'm just fucking scrolling Instagram mindlessly, right? And literally, I was probably the most productive that I've ever been on Trotter. Mm-hmm. I know it's a great feeling, and and I because. I told uh, I told Cassandra too. I was just like, you know, I just got to the point where I just dis I have some <coughs> dislike for traveling, um, and it's literally it's getting worse. But then again, I had to ask myself: Is it really getting worse, or is just your perception really shitty? Yeah. Right. So having those conversations with yourself is is like part of becoming a I think a better human being because you're able to see things from. Um, the the multiple facets that there really are because really man it's just like you, everybody is, and I'm gonna take this from from Cassandra I love you babe but this is uh, Cassandra's uh, thing is it's really like looking through a kaleidoscope everybody's looking through a different kaleidoscope and so the way that you see things is through your own lens yeah and if that person is having a super shitty fucked up day they're looking through a lens that's red you know what I mean like we have to be able to, to interpret that. And then we also have to, you know, understand that we can show up with a red lens uh, yeah. often too. And it doesn't have to be that way. We have a choice. We have a choice not to do that. And it, that's, that is the essence of mindfulness behind the rifle. Yep. Very, very truly. Because this is therapy. And this is a way to connect with like-minded people. And there is um, the ability to understand that like shooting is is definitely way more than winning trophies yeah um it's way more than um wearing jersey it's way more than going to these events it's it's definitely it's truly about community and and we have to like we have to really get back to that and i i think that um largely our community does because there is um there is a unity in that that even though there's a bunch of even though there's a bunch of different leagues and everybody everybody is of the same mindset. It's funny that you just talked about community. <laughs> Cuz we just shared a podcast about community and culture, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the podcast one of the things that I did enjoy was the community to stay away from which is a community that uh, incites fear or creates fear, yep. right? And um, inflates your ego, mm-hmm. right? That's very, that's true, yeah. And, and that's easy to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, hopefully, you know, the guys that are a part of our uh, community, the modern-day rifleman community, um, you know, they don't feel that way from us, right? Well, it's definitely, it's such a different vibe in there. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so different. Yeah. And um, I, it's basically turned into its own animal. It is. It, it's turned yeah. into its own animal and conversations are happening and threads are going and people are communicating about things that were taught in class and asking questions and it's, it's flourishing. Yeah. It really is flourishing. Um, and 
there's no, I mean, we scan the comments all the fucking time and there's no, there's no fuckery. Like there's no trolls and there's no people that are being assholes to each other. Everybody's just there because they want, they want to ask questions without having somebody be an asshole to them. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's, that's that culture that we're trying to create with that, that whole space. Um, and, and like understand that there's no such thing as a stupid question, man. Like we don't know. It's, it's so ridiculous to assume that somebody has a level of knowledge that you would expect them to have. Like expectation is the, the first ingredient to the recipe for failure. Right. So you can't expect somebody to, to know like they're, you're here to fucking teach them, man. Yeah. So do it, teach them. Don't be an asshole. And that's what I like about, about that community. It's, yeah. um, and it's growing fast. It's really, really growing fast. Well, so we, uh, we got some videos. Yeah, we had some videos. We had some videos we should probably share. I, I want to play. Uh, yeah, you, let's uh, let's share it real quick. We'll, like shift gears a little bit. That yeah, got yeah. that got super that, that got super deep. Yeah, so yeah. let's shift gears and talk about some. Shooting. So we wanted to we wanted to originally <clears throat> talk about some videos uh, to, to share with you guys. This was just a placeholder for the badass background because we're at Altus. We're at Altus. Um, but uh, all right, we're gonna bad. we're gonna start with you. <clears throat> I'm gonna put you on the spot here. You gonna put me on blast? Yeah. I'm up for it, man. Right. Bring it on. Now, if I take that that point and let's just say I bring it up here. What are we talking about here first? So Give context. We're, we're talking about um, recoil. We're talking about angle of jump, and we're talking about how changing your body position and being inconsistent um, is gonna lead to inconsistent angles of jump. Okay. More, more pronounced with, with lighter guns, yep. right? And that's a caveat in there. I adjust that stock in, in, my, in my connection to my body. That rifle now is going, this is now the new fulcrum point. And so every, this is a timing thing, okay? The bullet takes time to get from the chamber to the muzzle. And that's what we're trying to achieve during load development process. And that's what ammunition manufacturers are trying to figure out. What's the secret sauce Here to get that bullet or that cartridge to shoot in hundreds of different rifles and barrel configurations okay there's a reason why federal gold medal is the de facto ammo for like 308s if you got a 308 and it doesn't shoot federal gold medal the gun's fucked up <laughs> plain and simple okay so that's concept number one can you say that again for the record <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding i don't know if i could say it as eloquently as i just did well so when we start changing things with how we well, hang on pause right now. let's talk about that um, no, that's a good, that's, I, I don't give a shit what anybody says. That's Federal like, well, metal, so, yeah, that's the standard. That's man. the standard for 308, 175 308, or 168 CR match games. That and, is what it is. And right now, Hornady's 140 ELDMs is the standard six for 655 five, Creedmoor. Creedmoor. If your gun does not shoot 6.5 or that Hornady 140 ELDM, right. then, up. It's, so what's, what, like, what are we talking about in terms of accuracy wise at 100 yards? I have not seen a any of my six five Creedmoor custom guns or factory guns shoot anything less than a half a minute with that stuff. Absolutely, I'll right? echo that. My 100%. my my custom guns will shoot that thing in the point twos mm-hmm. at a hundred, and mm-hmm. my Tika would shoot it. The Tika factory shot it under half that, a minute. That every gun time. was ridiculous from the moment you took it out yeah, of the box. Yeah. Right. That so, was a that's a sweet so. shooting. 
factory rifle. Just for your guys' essay, if you guys are listening to this, yeah, if your if your gun's not shooting that shit, it's a sh- probably a shit gun. Yeah, that's the only, that's just the it's the way it is, and um, it's not knocking anybody else, right? It's just saying, hey man, that's the de facto. If it doesn't shoot that, then there's something probably wrong with it. You need to figure yeah. it out. Yeah. So, and that, and I th- I think the reason that we were talking about this was. Um, um, this shooter's muzzle brake started to come loose oh, and rotate right. yeah. and just like and, and why that was skewing results yeah. um, because we're deflecting gases in a different way in a different plane um. this is good I mean like being able to see being able to videotape students and debrief this stuff with them is invaluable yeah so we're going to play this one this is a student that is running a Tika with and dropped in a KRG X-ray with a Knights Force SHV. And... Go ahead and pause that. So, that's. You know, that's obviously you see by the motion of his trigger that he's getting a run and start at that thing and he's yeah. just like, All right, let's do this now. <laughs> now okay, so where's that where's that where does that come from? Right? Now let's give some context though. Yeah, yeah. All right, so this shooter this shooter, right. London, is one hundred percent completely new to shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's I mean, that's I think that's badass. Because uh, new to new, new to uh, new to uh, long range shooting. New to long range. Yeah, shooting. Yeah, he, I think he says he's got pistol and yeah. But being able to understand how to manipulate a trigger is, you know, the finer points of that are going to come from. Obviously, I mean, if shooting pistols depending on who you're getting instruction from. Yeah, a shooting a, a precision a trigger press is a lot different. A lot than, different than yeah. a than a yeah, yeah. I mean, once you get to that, once you get to a level of like being able to go to the twenty five yard line and shoot, you know, Larry Vickers, um, fucking seven hundred point aggregate. Yeah. Like that's some real deal pistol marksmanship shit. Yeah. Um, but for the average hobby shooter, trigger control, the finer points of trigger control are going to be learned in shooting precision rifle. Yeah. And so we can see from these videos, and you can see that he's literally getting a running start at the yeah. trigger, and he's, and he's, and he's just like crushing it. Yeah. But that allows us to diagnose that and yeah. get him to stop doing that. Yeah. So he's He needs work on his trigger finger placement. Mm-hmm. Again, this is day one. This is day one, man. How many rounds has this guy shot through this rifle so uh, far? Less than 60. So. Less than 60. All right, so that's that's completely fine. I mean, his recoil management's really good. He's, he's keeping his rifle connected to his upper body the way that he should. I mean, he's trying to fix it, but through the process, it's not noticeably slipping. And he's doing the best he can with what he's got, with the knowledge that he has. Well, this is great, too, because I didn't watch him shoot this this yeah, particular yeah. drill. So now that I know that this is something that he needs to be, uh, you know, to be focused on, yeah. a skill he needs to focus on, I'm sure. Now I know to, to, that's, what, uh, that's what I need to look for. Yep. So we're going to go... 
to some of the GoPro videos here of some of the shooters. This is uh, it's a nice rifle. It's a Begara left-hand model in a Magpul chassis with a Vortex Razor HD Gen 2. Excellent malfunction. Excellent that malfunction. Excellent malfunction reduction. Shooter-induced malfunction. You knew it happened, so he's yeah. like, "I got to take care of that shit." Let's get rid of it. That I don't like that right there. You see what it did? Which one? Where, where were you? Looking? So essentially what's mm. happening in, in my head is that he's lost or he's not consistent with his rifle to shoulder connection. Mm -hmm. That is it's why he's, he's playing around with how it's supposed to feel, mm -hmm. right? Once you connect to that thing, you should not, in theory, move. Right. All right. Because if not, then... And we're talking about a more experienced, obviously a more experienced shooter sure. based off of that sure, sure. immediate drill that he did. Mm -hmm. Well, it, so uh, this was a this was a new drill for him. Is this the no bag drill? No, this is. Oh, I okay. think this was just zeroing. Okay, all right. So yeah, if he's got a rear bag under there and he's and he's squirming around like that, he's just learning, right? He's learning how to maintain that connection. And I think um, a lot of times people um, when we move their body positions and we make make changes to their to their shooting position. It's kind of hard for people to instantly digest, right? So they're trying to figure out what's going on and yeah. and and um, make sense of these sensations, <clears throat> and either to excuse me to, to say, what do I got to do to get this to stop? Right? Yeah. I got to adjust something. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, when you say that you don't like it, you're no. I'm that, sorry. Right? I, I should, that, that was an incorrect term. I should I should have said I'm noticing something that's inconsistent, right? right? And sure. I'm not sure if if you saw it or other the their average I'll see yet, but like I know something based off of right. Yeah, so I that that that's my bad. Well, I no, should I should I should have I should have I said I should have worded that differently. Well, it's it's yeah. It's just that I that's I, the power of video though. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing I, with video. I you don't know what recognize that he's having an issue with something. And that I'm seeing inconsistencies. Right. Right. Not that, like, I don't like the fact that he's doing that. It's like, hey. Well, you're looking at it from a coach's eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, like, if I was like, if, I, if I'm talking to him directly, like, hey, what's going on there with your left shoulder? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, why, why, why do you have to move it after the shot? Like, right. What is, like, is it the recoil that's breaking the position? Is it uh, on comfort? Slipping is around. it different pressure? Right. So. Was that good, good follow, really good follow through? Is that a Howa? He's got it now. Sir? Yeah. Is that a Howa? Uh, Bagara? Bagara. Now that I put these on, I can't get my sight picture back. I dig it. Um, <clears throat> this guy. Remind me his name. Uh, Jacques. Jacques. 
from Florida. Just built this gun, brand new. Li- nice. Literally first few rounds out of the pipe. Mm-hmm. Got a couple guys that have got brand new guns here. That's my favorite. It's classic. <laughs> like, that was that a live round? <laughs> like, ah, well. I want you to follow through with that trigger finger. I want you to pretend like you're coming back and touching your nose. Okay. You're on 12, right? Correct. Top right and 12. Okay, one more. How we doing? I, I didn't realize how aggressive I sound. It's not bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were just talking about that. Stop being a dick, three? dude. Center of, yes, three. You need to come up 1.5 mils. And I do sound like a dick. Nah, I don't think he's not like a dick there. You just, there you, you, go. you tell him what okay. to do. Okay. Him, Same thing? Like, hey, okay. Give me, give me two more shots. I think it's definitely has something with the earmuffs. And oh, that, for and, sure. and that yeah. the shot's going off. Like, yeah, I'm, for sure. John. I'm yeah. like trying to hear myself, right? Mm-hmm. Making sure. For sure. Yeah. Okay, what number are you well, I mean, in that? We don't have to walk around like fucking Mr. Uh, Rogers. What, 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 you know what pacing? I mean? like, uh, first round I still have the third line, second triangle. I, uh, You're on the top right, right there. Yep, top right. Okay. Give me two. Are you aiming to the, the triangle? <laughs> the triangle. Give, me, give, me, give me two more shots. Okay, you just need to come left two tenths and you're good. Two tenths? Yes, sir. So I'm going back to three. Going back to three. Give me two rounds on three. So he's trying to figure out his pressures here. We'll breathe. Radical. Aiming at the center of three, right? Correct. Okay, one more. Can you spot for me? Absolutely. On number 11. Yeah. I keep forgetting uh, to talk about bolt manipulation. Row, uh, I mean, I know it's like... Yeah, that's, that's something that, that right, you know, row, unfortunately we think is implied. Yeah. And it's not. It's not, It's no. a technique that yeah. really needs yeah. attention. Yeah. So what we're seeing here... And because, again, it's brand right. new to this... Right. Two tenths? Oh, I was, I was is, I'm gonna, is it going to... Rewind here. When he right here, right here. So when he shoots. So notice how his. Let me go frame by frame. I can't. All right. So what we're seeing here is as he's reaching up and grabbing the bolt. Notice the daylight and his elbow lifting up off the ground. Right. So we, when we run on the bolt. Our goal is to keep our elbow planted mm-hmm. so that not we're not applying unnecessary torque to the whole rifle as we're trying to right. 
manipulate the bolt. Yeah, we don't want to upset the rifle as we yeah. manipulate yeah. the bolt. And yeah. you know, you brought up a good point with um, with lifting the lifting the bolt handle with your index finger causes less upset, and it does. I mean, it has to do with obviously the the amount of pressure that your bolt that your action your bolt cocking piece requires yeah. to cock. Um, but I know like on my nucleus, now that when I, I grab that, my thumb stays on top of the chassis mm -hmm. on that shelf and it just acts as leverage to unlock. And then I'm pulling the bolt back with my four fingers, right? And then sending it home with the back of my thumb. Nice. And that action runs literally smooth, smooth. as butter. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's effortless. <laughs> This is something that is a normal thing for people that are new shooters to right. do because there's a lot that's going to happen as soon as you touch that shot off. Yeah. And if your brain's not accustomed to that, it's going to go fucking get scrambled. Yeah. And so that's why we see things like that. And yeah. we have to get the mind to, to, to focus on these, these, these actions one step at a time to overcome that fear. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he's doing the no back. Uh, yeah, he was doing the no back. And that's another that's another great thing. I mean, we can probably pause that and just talk about that for a second. I mean, the the fact of the matter is is that when you have um, when shooters have a tendency to uh, the shooter's tendency to punch the trigger the most is when the position is at its least stability. Yeah, yeah. At least they're, level they're, of stability. They're, 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 there, I call it timing your shot. Yeah, well, you're watching right. the reticle, and you're yeah. just like, oh, shit, man. That motherfucker's not stopping moving. So we're just going to go ahead and <laughs> yeah, send, send it anyways. It. Yeah. Yeah. So And that's where that, like, yeah, comes into play. Yeah. And, and it's a mental thing. It's a psychological thing that, that has to be broken through repetition. Great. All right, let's take another one more video here. Oh, this is his brother. But a McMillan A5. Gangster. All right, uh... Gangster status. Keep that trigger fucking pinned to the rear. Exactly. Follow through, bitches. Now I don't feel as bad as it's not even We were just talking about being belt fed. I know, earlier, right? Weren't we? I want you to roll your thumb on safety. There you go. Just like that. Perfect. I usually teach that in my class and I forgot. little bit of tap action going on there yeah that's all good i mean it's something that working through yeah i thought he shot really well though this is his first time too behind a gun there you go he shot really well and you can see he's being he's reacting to all the muzzle brakes going off around him yeah you can see his eye going oh what the fuck is that yeah right so 
that's unnerving to people that have not been in that situation before and that are not shooting rifles all the time. I like this. You know, I'm I'm glad that I did this. And tomorrow I'm going to do it for every student so that the shooters that I'm not able to watch, you know, because Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff's going on, I'm able to come back in the evening and and, and and just really, really quick look at their footage at a a few five shots. Because just those videos that we looked at. Now I can be more aware when I see them when I see them tomorrow yep. of like hey like I saw you did this yesterday try this mm-hmm. right I took a bunch of photos of students today in their body positions and I'm just kind of showing them visually hey man this is this is you right before we made the correction and yeah. this is now you after we've made the correction and you can see the difference and it's yep. a big difference yep. so cool. well this is a good one man this yeah, was, was this this was uh, this was really diverse and we talked about a lot of stuff and and I think that's that's just the reality of, of the kind of conversations that we have. Yeah. Like we talk about a lot of diverse shit. Yeah. So I think it was good. No, uh um start I mean it's the first podcast of the year, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And we're pretty first. much we're hitting our two year anniversary pretty much. Since January twenty second, I think it is. Oh, when we dropped the first podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we recorded awesome. it before Shot Show. We just didn't launch it until yep. like Shot Show time. That's right. We we launched it the Wednesday Wednesday of Shot Show. Shot Show. Twenty. Is that twenty nineteen? No, it's twenty twenty. It was right before the drama hit. Wait, wait, shot. There was a Shot Show twenty twenty. Yeah, that was the year. Pretty sure, unless I'm super fucked up. This is our third year now. Well, this is going into our third year. So Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 it was nineteen. Right. Nineteen is when it happened, when we dropped our first podcast. There was no po- there was no shot show for twenty. No shot show for twenty one. No. Right? There hasn't no. been two shot shows? No, only one shot show got canceled, and that was twenty twenty because of COVID. That was when, when all the when all the, the drama kicked off. So when was the shot show for twenty twenty one? No, maybe I'm fucked up. I don't think we've I don't, had, know. I don't think we've had two 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 uh two shot shows. No, we haven't had we, we no, only like this was the one last year that last year got canceled. I'm trying to think twenty twenty. What what did I do? For, it's all a blur, man. Because yeah. <laughs> we haven't gone to shot show together under modern day cipher. No, we have not. And I came the year I came was twenty nineteen. The summer of twenty nineteen. No, summer of twenty twenty. Oh that's right, it was the summer of twenty twenty. So we, we did have SHOT Show that year, 2020. Right, but you were with Gunworks. Yeah, and I had SHOT Show 2021, we didn't. Ah. Correct. So we launched... So I'm not fucked up. The, we launched the year 2020. Correct. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that solves that. Hey, guys, uh, appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll probably do a couple more while we're here. Yeah, we're, uh, we got a bunch at, of stuff to yeah, talk about. Yeah, yeah, um, So uh, appreciate everyone that has supported us. Uh, hopefully you guys go out there, crush your goals this year. Um you know, uh, one of the books, if you guys haven't read it already, I'm just going to go ahead and throw out there uh, that I'm reading right now is Atomic Habits. Super good book. Uh, super, super awesome book. Uh, but uh, yeah, appreciate everyone's support. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next podcast. You guys know the drill. Keep your face on the gun. Peace out.